Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Strategic Insights brought to you by Strategic Enhancement Group. I'm Susan Hall, Vice President of Business Development and Performance Improvement at Strategic Enhancement. And today's topic is the five questions that every employee needs their leader to answer. And joining me today is Bob Parks, who is managing partner of SEG. Bob, welcome. It's good to have you here today. Thank you, Susan. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> well, and I know Bob personally, and Bob has over 50 years of experience in sales, sales leadership, and organizational leadership, and has a, a really comprehensive background. He came up through the ranks as a first line manager and now serves as managing partner of SEG and has served on multiple boards, both regional and global. So I, I'm very excited to get your perspective here today, Bob. And Bob, as I was thinking about our conversation today and thinking about this whole issue of leadership, which is such a, a critical topic, companies are looking to grow. And at the same time, they're leaner than they've ever been. So they need to do more with fewer employees. As a result, they need a higher level of talent that's willing to stay and contribute their best in the organization. And that's kind of a, ironic because we know from experience that the last two generations of employees really don't stay very long. So it's very complex in terms of leading people. And you know, one of the things that I admire about you is you are often able to take very complex subjects and, and make sense of that and simplify it. That doesn't mean it's easy but I know that I've heard you talk over the, the past several years about several practices around leadership that need to address critical questions that all employees have. And I'm wondering if you can start by sharing that with us today. Certainly. Um, yeah, the whole subject of leadership, I think it's important for everyone to understand that, first of all, leadership is not easy. No matter what, you know, what your uh, college professor might have told you. Um, it, it, but it is essential, and it's essential because it's about performance. Um, there was a recent uh, Gallup poll that said that over 55% of the employees are not engaged in their work. I mean, think about that. So if you're listening to this podcast, half of the people that work for you are probably not engaged in the work that you have them doing. And then there was an, another recent poll by the Society for Human, Re Human Resource Management that said, Turnover among executives and managers is at an all-time high. Um, Susan, you referenced that a minute ago. Um, if you, you know, we think of turnover in terms of employees, but because of leadership issues, many times we find that executives and um, managers are having to leave as well. So um, it's an important, it's an important topic, and. Um, one of the things I think we miss so many times if we're taking a kind of a classic MBA approach to leadership is um, this whole idea of employee fulfillment. And um, <clears throat> I know it's a hard thing, a concept to get uh, your hands around, but for, to the degree to which an employee is fulfilled uh, is a direct correlation to the degree to which that employee uh, is high performing. And and the interesting statistic is that the most important factor in an in, in employee being fulfilled is the leadership skills of their direct manager. 
So, you know, it is all about performance, but there's this, this, this middle ground of being fulfilled. And I think so many leaders uh, just miss that, you know, miss that whole point. That doesn't surprise me, Bob. You know, I think back on my career and, you know, how many times, you know, how many times do employees leave <laughs> because of their, their poor management? You know, even if they work for a great company, you know, contrast that to employees who stay because they have a great manager. Exactly. And, um, you know, a lot of leaders don't want to put that on themselves. You know, there's a lot of pressure, but it, it truly is uh, the key factor why people leave. And that is their, their direct manager. And, um, um, and it, and while it's, while it's not easy, it's, it's not impossible. I mean, leadership right. can, can be learned. Leader, good leadership can be practiced. And um, the best, the best work I've seen on that <clears throat> has come from um, a, a gentleman named Michael Leinbach. And, and um, you know, he broke down, uh, I thought, leadership in a very appropriate way by looking at employees. And it's really interesting. You know, if you're going to look at leadership, look at the people that you have to lead. Right. And Michael came up with, uh, through his research, there, there, there are five critical questions that every employee ask of their company or of their leadership. And if you understand these, these five questions and you address these five questions on an ongoing basis, you have a much higher probability of getting performance. And really, that's, you know, that's one of our objectives. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So when you talk about these five practices, you know, is, is what are they? And is there one that's more important? I don't, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be able to say that one is more important than the others. I, like most of us, I have my favorite, but <clears throat> the first of the five is, is, is called direction. And um, to kind of define direction, it's, does a leader create a work environment that links to the organization, organization's purpose or the organization's mission? Um, is your work unit connected to the overall direction and the overall purpose of the, org, uh, of the larger organization? Um, <clears throat> and it's important to keep this mission or vision of the organization in, in sight. Um, because if you lose it, if, if your employees aren't sure why they're there, they aren't sure what is the overall purpose of the company, then that opens up a lot of different directions. And you may have departments going in in different directions, and that's not high performing. Um, So it's real important to make sure that everyone is aware and that that your department and your people are connected to what is the mission, what is the purpose of the entire organization. You know, there's there's some people... um, managers that I've spoken with or employees over the years that that believe that that's kind of soft, you know, that that mission, direction, strategy, you know, all of those big, you know, Harvard Business Review words are, are just really nice words that go up on a wall, uh, you know, or show up in, in a company statement. What do you say to that? Well, I guess the first thing I'd say is I went to the University of Chicago, so I'd never use a Harvard um, <laughs> reference. Um, but you know, you're right. I have heard that many times and the, it, it, unfortunately, the only time people come to understand the importance of direction is when they don't have it. 
And when and when their organization, when their work unit is not engaged, um, not aligned with the entire company, um, and they find that they have people working at cross purposes, um, their 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 performance is is you know not what it needs to be, and you know oftentimes too late they find out that this alignment of the organization is really really critical because if you if if people don't know they'll make it up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can have everyone going off into lots of different directions. So, so direction is critical. Uh, what, what comes next? Well, I'd say following right on making sure that people understand the, the mission and purpose of the organization is the goals that you, that you have set with them. Um, so the way I define goals is, does the leader define achievable work objectives? So I emphasize the word achieve, achievable <clears throat> and are they well-defined? Uh, many times um, our employees complain to us because they're not sure, believe it or not, what exactly they're supposed to do. Where exactly are they supposed to put their, put their energy? And <clears throat> while we think everybody kind of yawns when they hear the word goals because it's, it's, it's hugely overused, right. um, you know, goals aren't, all, they aren't as easy as you think. I mean, a, a really good goal, something that an employee can take and then apply their skill and talent to um, takes a little thought. Um, first of all, it has to be realistic. Um, <clears throat> it, it has to be understandable. Um, it definitely has to be measurable. If the employee and you can't measure the progress or lack of progress, then you don't really have a goal. And the other thing I think that <clears throat> people really miss around goals is, is they have to be behavioral. And, and I know that sounds like we're getting a little too much into the world of psychology, but a good goal has to be something that, that is, is behavioral in nature. For example, do better is not a goal. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and, and so many times, um, you know, you get these vague kind of goals. Um, people have to understand what is it exactly you want me to do? Right. And do is, is obviously the behavioral. And your concept of do better might be different than my concept of do better. So you could, you could definitely see where there might be some tensions down the road. Well, you know, exactly. Yeah. And you know what, Bob, I also, you know, one of the things that you've challenged me with in terms of my goals over the, the years that I've uh, worked with Strategic Enhancement Group is, <clears throat> is to have goals that are compelling, too. You know, so it's, it's not just about tasks and your job responsibilities and, and checking those off, but really think about career development. And, and I think that's very important because if you have a really great goal setting process with your employees as a leader, you can challenge them to tap into talents and strengths and aspirations that are, are very compelling, important to them. And that's, you know, we talked about, you know, some of these new generations coming in. That's one of the things that's very important to them is, is looking at, you know, how are they going to develop personally and professionally on the job? So goals is a great, great way to do that. Well, <clears throat> exactly. And I think it's important to understand that, that so many times when we accept our role as a leader, um, we forget that our, it's still important for us to listen. And so in the setting of goals, it's important that it be, they be set in a dialogue, that you, that you get 
the uh, input from the employees so that you know you have this kind of uh, a kind of commitment and that that they're excited about the things you've asked them uh, to do. Um, the other thing that's important, and so that's that's a whole subject we'll talk about in a minute called feedback. But the other thing that's important is they have to goals have to be connected to a reward system. And so those two things, both of which we'll talk about in a minute, feedback and rewards are are critical to setting really good operational goals. So we've talked about purpose and direction and how that's critical to answer the the question employees have around where are we going as an organization? And then also goals as a way to address, well, what's expected of us? Um, what's next? Well, I think, as I just mentioned, I think the next thing that, that, that leaders have to understand is the whole element of, re- of feedback. And, you know, the, the only communication that, that is appropriate in any organization is two-way communication. Um, the term we used to use a lot of years ago was participative communication. Uh, but so many times, the communication in a, in a work unit tends to be top-down. Um, and there's no leader that I've ever met that I think even exists that can operate without the input of his, his, uh, his employees. And so when you think of feedback, you know, it's, it's on the one hand, does the leader provide information um, and direction needed? And, and does he, he or she listen uh, to the feedback from from the, their their employees around improving performance. So again, we're focused on performance, and the question is very simple: it's how am I doing? You know, I mean, they want to know how they're doing, um, and and it's important for you to to make sure that's always in in sight. Um, so I think <clears throat> I, th- I think the the critical part of of feedback is that it allows for correction. Nobody's perfect. Um, every employee could do probably could do better, and feedback allows them to adjust or correct or improve. Um, and if you're not giving them feedback, you know the one thing that's important about an organization is that there's never a vacuum of information in an organization. Um, if if it's not filled with the correct information that you want your work unit uh, to have, the employees are filling it um, with what they're making up. Right. Um, and we used to call that, you know, you know the, um, uh, the water, was it water, water, cool, water cooler uh, conversation. They used, to, they used to just make up stuff. And so it's important that you keep that channel filled with the correct information. Because um, right. we all tend to be really creative. <laughs> exactly. Right. And again, focused on, focused on their goals. And making sure that you know they're given every opportunity to give you feedback on you know what what could work better um, and what improvements need to be made. But let me ask you your thoughts on this because you know we we know that feedback and coaching is critical, and yet I think managers and, and leaders are really struggling with this because they have so much responsibility put on them. That, you know, a, a lot of I was just working with a sales organization where the sales leaders told me that about 80% of their time is spent on administration. So how do they make time for that? Well, I think the important thing around feedback and coaching is to understand that it is not an additional task that you have to do. 
feedback and coaching is what you are. You're, you need to be coaching all the time. So, for example, you know, you talk to your employees, you talk to them probably on a semi-regular basis, even if they're remote, you talk to them on the phone. And so those are the moments when you, you ask for feedback, you give feedback, you do your coaching. And it's not, um, you know, a, a separate activity that you have to add to your to-do list. It's something that you should be doing on a, on a regular, ongoing, conversational basis. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to add a lot of extra activities um, to a plate that's already certainly uh, too full. I think that's, a, you know, that's the real, real key to it. It, it should be a, a natural part of our everyday conversation. Right, right. So we, we've talked about setting good, compelling, realistic goals and the importance of two-way feedback uh, you know, I know another question that employees, uh, you know, often ask then is, okay, so what's in it for me? Yeah. How do you address that? <clears throat> well, let me just, <clears throat> let me just uh, close uh, the feedback loop um, because I, I want to make the point for leaders that might, might be listening that without this feedback and this regular communication, um, we've seen it over and over and over again, you get disruption. You don't get just low performance. You get disruption in the organization. So it's not a nice to have. It's, it's a must do. Um, so <clears throat> I just wanted to close with that point as far as yeah. feedback. Rewards. Um, you, know, you know, it's an obvious question that employees ask, and that's what's in it for me. And it's okay for them to, to ask that question. Um, and the interesting thing about rewards, again, that many leaders miss is, Re, re, what is rewarding is defined by the employee. Um, and so many times leaders make one of two mistakes. They, they predetermine that uh, more money is the, is the appropriate reward for everybody. Or they decide that what's rewarding for them personally is rewarding for everybody that works for them. And those are two fatal mistakes. Um, it's important that... <clears throat> It's important that, that regular recognition, that regular rewards are, are tied to an employee's job. But you have to, you have to take a minute and, and ask them, you know, what do they find rewarding? Now, in all the research we've done, um, we have found that in that initial conversation, that if, especially if it's a superficial conversation, about 93% of employees say, say it's money. Because who's not going to tell their boss that they don't right. want more money? Right. Right. But when we do independent research or when the question is asked in a in a in a sincere conversational uh, manner, we find that, interesting enough, money doesn't even make the top 10 uh, lists of what people value as far as rewards. So think about, you know, what are the kinds of things that are rewarding to people? What kind of what kind of recognition might be valuable to them? Uh, to some somebody that's got, you know, whose both parents work and they have four kids at home, maybe, um, you know, being able to come in an hour later or be able to, um, you know, work from home a half day is, is more than enough reward for that person. So mm-hmm. it's real important that, that they understand that their contribution is valued. Um, and that you as a manager value it. Um, 
And, and if they do it well, they need to know what will happen. Um, so it here, sounds, oh, sorry, sorry if, if I can say, Bob, so it sounds to me, I mean, just like in that example that you gave, that, you know, it's important for the leader, the manager to really know their employee to a degree and, and be able to have those conversations with them. Um, because, some, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily even, you know, in that example that you gave, that employee may not have even thought that, you know, half day at working out of home uh, was an option. So, so, you know, having that ongoing dialogue with your employee and really understanding them and knowing a little bit about their life and their aspirations could be really important. And if that, if that employee, if your employees aren't feeling rewarded, they aren't feeling like, you know, um, you know, they're being recognized for the good work they're doing. Um, I want you to remember that statistic, 55% yeah. of all employees are not engaged in their work. And That's an unengaged really employee is not a high performing employee. And um, you're not a good manager if you don't have high performing people working for you. It's just, you know, it's just by definition. Um, so it's important. And the other thing about rewards <clears throat> that people miss so much of the time is that there are three things that make up a, a, a reward that's, that's valuable. It has to be personal. So it has to be a reward that I feel as an employee is, is meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. Second, it has, to, <clears throat> it has to be immediate. In other words, when I finish a project or do something that is exceptional, I, I need to hear it, hear uh, the reward or receive a reward or, or get the recognition as close to that event as possible so that it's immediate. And the third thing is I need to know that if I do a good job and if, you know, I improve my performance, that there's absolutely going to be some kind of reward in it for me. So immediate, personal, immediate, and certain are three and very important things. And if you think about it, you know, even with money, which everybody thinks is the you know, ultimate reward, it's, it's, it's never immediate. It's probably many times not that personal because, because the, the um, uh, raise comes in, in the form of, well, the corp- corporation has decided that everybody gets 3% this year. Um, and, um, you, know, it'll, you know, it'll start in six months um, at your next annual review. Well, all right, that's, you know, that's not personal and that's not immediate. Um, and if you want to have an impact, if you want rewards to have an impact, um, even the littlest piece of recognition needs to be immediate, personal, and certain. And you can do that on a, on a, on a phone call with your team by just calling out, Susan, you did a great job on, you know, whatever project you were working on. Um, it doesn't take a lot, doesn't cost a lot, um, but Susan will quickly learn that you know, when I excel, when I go over, above and beyond, um, you know, I, I will be rewarded, and it's and it's personal, it's immediate, and it's certain. Right, right. That's that's really helpful. So, I know there's a fifth question, and and that is where do we go for help? Yeah. How do you address that? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's again, it is one of the five questions that all employees want to know is where do I go if I need help? 
Um, and, the, and, the, and the bigger question is, does the leader um, show a concern um, for the development of their employees? And do they provide, does the leader provide support and coaching to improve performance? And again, as I said before, nobody's perfect. No employee is never going to make a mistake. Um, but the key here, the key to have a support, having a supportive organization is the element of, of punishment. Um, so many times um, I've heard leaders say, yes, oh, our, my door is always open. Anytime you have a question, you can come in, et cetera, et cetera. But when the employee does that, you know, there's some recrimination. There's some, well, you really, you don't know that. You should know that. Well, I can't understand why you don't know that. Um, and, and that's not going to get the employee uh, to come back. Um, and I think, I think it's really critical that the, the, any kind of negative implication uh, to support uh, will destroy that whole, the whole cultural norm around this is a place where I can get better, I can grow, I can improve, and people here are willing to, willing to help me. Yeah, I, I think that's so important. And, you know, one of the things that I most appreciate about your leadership, Bob, is that you trust your employees to make decisions and you, you listen. And so, you know, even if we come up with an idea or a thought and, you know, it doesn't get adopted by the organization, I always feel like I'm heard. And, um, you know, I know I'm getting personal here, but, but, um, that is, you know, one of the, the reasons that I, you know, I decide to stay and contribute my talents at SEG is because I feel like I'm part of that team. So I, I understand. And I think that a lot of times managers don't realize that they are, as you said, punishing. Um, but if they, if they even say something like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm surprised you would say that. You know, just an offhanded comment like that can shut an employee down. So I think that's a really critical point. Well, exactly. And, and every leader should understand that, that, that when they're, and that and when their employees are looking for support, there are a couple of different areas. I mean, the first and obvious area of, of support is, is, are they able? I mean, do they know how to do what they're supposed to do? But there's another one, and that is, are they willing? I mean, they may know exactly what they have to do, but it may be an attitude issue. And, and, and that, you know, that needs to be uh, addressed and supported just like, you know, are they able? And then I think the the um, the other thing is is to understand that um, you know employees have to have the skill, they have to have the will, and they have to fit um, into the work unit. And um, you know those those three areas are going to be the three areas where support is going to be you know mostly needed. And um, those are the areas that you need to be asking questions about. And you need to your point, um, if you're going to be a good leader, you're going to have to listen. Yeah. You know, so, so Bob, we've covered a lot here today and I, and I believe that, you know, while there are, are certain core leadership practices, you can spend your whole life, you know, improving your leadership and learning about leadership. And we've tried to distill it down into five key questions that employees have. And those are, where are we going? You know, and the, the leadership practice there is really around purpose, mission, direction. You know, secondly, what's expected of us, and we've discussed how talking with the employee 
and coming up with some compelling goals for them that stretch them, that are realistic, that are achievable, but also bring them to you know, a higher level in their career fulfillment are important uh, in terms of goals. The third question is, how are we doing? And we discussed how you know, feedback and that two-way feedback is critical. The fourth is what's in it for us, recognition and rewards, and how it's very important for the manager to understand what's important to that particular employee so it's personal, it's relevant, it's timely. And finally, the fifth is where do we go for help? And that's all about support and to be listening and participative and have, you know, no sense of, um, you know, punishment or recrimination for that employee coming to you for help. So those are the five practices. Again, certainly sounds simple, but, uh, I, you know, we could fill volumes of books and certainly, you know, courses on these, these five different practices. Um, is there is there anything else that you would you know add to to what we've talked about today before we sign off on today's podcast? I guess my final thought would be that as you go into work uh, tomorrow morning and you sit at your desk, the one thing I want you to think about is that for decades, um, research has indicated that America is overmanaged and underled, and so as you think about um, your role as a leader, I would hope that you'll think about how can I micromanage less and lead more? <laughs> good, good words to, uh, to go on and lead by. Well, Bob, thank you so much. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. I, I always learn something and, and I hope our, our listeners have as well. And for our listeners, check out the link in our podcast description for links to articles that summarize these five questions and practices that Bob shared with us today, as well as a free download of the research article that we referenced. And if you have any further questions or would like to discuss, uh, we're always thrilled to hear from our clients and, and we're always learning too. So if you've got some thoughts on these leadership practices, we certainly want to hear that. Please feel free to reach out to us at strategicenhancement.com.